Hello, everyone. My name is Trent Matthew, and with me here is Michael Greenwood. Hello. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> and uh, just before we get started on this discussion, we'd like to talk about emotional dependency and how this can work um, in relation to pedophilia and all this stuff. But we just like to make something absolutely clear that is that we do not support any kind of inappropriate relationship with a child. We are, we are Christians. We love God. We love his word. And despite having this unwanted and involuntary attraction, we seek to live out the best possible life that we possibly can and to obey God. Hey, before you get started, I got to share with you something a little humorous. Uh, so, sure. yeah, I found this dirt road I know about and I managed to park in the shade and I got my laptop plugged into the cigarette lighter and I'm using my phone internet. And so I'm sort of like posted up, you know, just out here. <laughs> it's so funny. It's like, I guess it shows the plight of pedophiles trying to get help that here we're going to have this conversation about our Christianity and trying to encourage others not to offend kids. And so in order to do that, <laughs> like, no, no joke. I'm like looking around at the woods and the trees. And there, is anybody listening? Anybody watching? Like, you know, I'm hoping my car battery doesn't die in this process. <laughs> it's just... <laughs> like oh man you just gotta do this to get help yeah. or give help it's quite literally insane just just the challenges of even recording this stuff like at the moment i'm in my house um all of the curtains are closed <laughs> um all the doors are locked yeah. and my housemate is away on a long trip for you know several weeks and so you really have to be careful about who you talk yeah. about this stuff and just fear of being overheard and someone you know, like I'm thinking, like, well, well, what if like a a Mormon comes to the door or something? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I'm sure Google and Amazon, someone's listening. So, hey, just so you know, we're trying to help. Probably going to try and expose us or something. Yeah, right. <laughs> Nightmarish stuff <laughs> scares yeah. the hell out of me. All right, <laughs> let's get started. So, I want to start off with this great verse. This is comes from Jeremiah chapter 17 verses 5 and uh, verse 6. Well, actually, it's verse 7 and verse 8 as well. But I'll just, <laughs> but just starting at verse 5, I'll just read. This is what the Lord says. Cursed is the one who trusts in man, who depends on flesh for his strength, and whose heart turns away from the Lord. He will be like a bush in the wasteland. He will not see prosperity when it comes. He will dwell in the parched places of the desert, in a salt land where no one lives. But blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in him. He will be like a tree planted by the water that sends out its roots by the stream. It does not fear when heat comes. Its leaves are always green. It has no worries in a year of drought and ever fails to bear fruit. Wow, that's a favorite. Yeah, I mean, it's great because like it really lays out these two paths, these two ways that, that you can live. Like trusting is, is an active thing. You know, you can either trust in other people to fulfill you in that emotional sense. And if that happens, like you make someone else your idol, um, you bring them in close to, to bring you comfort or whatever it is you're after and it completely ruins your life. It says, you know, you'll live in the wasteland. You won't see prosperity. And I mean, I'm thinking to myself, like, this is so tied in 
with underage attraction like how many people think that this one relationship like even if it's not in a sexual sense if it's just like a romantic appropriate relationship like that still gets people into trouble and even if they don't get into trouble they're still caught up in this horrible downward spiral like it's a horrible thing but if you trust on the lord in the other hand it's like um you you will be established and you won't be so needy you you won't need to drag people in I'm glad you brought this up, and I'm glad you prepared this topic for us to talk about. That's so accurate. Okay, we're faced with a challenge of being attracted to kids, and you can approach that. You can say, okay, well, I'm just going to go forward based on my own resources, my own willpower, and make the best of it. And that can set you up for some real, well, attachment issues where it's like, okay, you don't want to offend don't want to hurt a kid but still you feel like you're in a desert you feel like you have nothing going no hope for any sort of intimacy and suddenly you're going to start grasping at well just fulfillment you're going to get as close as you can get draw as much as you can and before long you're in a dangerous place yeah so it's really important to understand this issue to be able to identify when 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 you sort of in a bad situation and and this doesn't necessarily have to be with a child like of course like if you if you struggle with this then you shouldn't be speaking to kids at all but even if you just have like a friend who you are leaning on for that support like you can lean too hard on one person and that can also cause problems as well like this is something that I also struggle with so uh my other struggle is to do with same sex attraction and i have to be careful that even with my other friends that i'm not getting too close to them because that can lead to you know unhealthy forms of emotional dependency so let's have a look at what it is now i reckon because i reckon there's a lot of people out there who are thinking well what what is this emotional dependency like what's the difference between that and a healthy friendship and you know what's the big deal so essentially what it is, is as I understand it, it's an unhealthy obsession with another person. And this is not the same as love. Love is when two people who are complete people and who are grounded people, integrated people, come together in an equivalent exchange. Emotional dependency, on the other hand, is unhealthy. It's one unhealthy person feeding off another person and giving nothing in return. So it's basically like this one sided relationship kind of like a vampire like this emotional vampire who just drains the life out of someone else and and if you've ever been in one of these situations where someone is being dependent on you and you're having to give them all of this this energy it can certainly feel draining on you and this is what we can do with other people if we're not careful which is why we have to be be very careful about this I like how you make the comparison to just typical life, like not specifically regarding pedophilia, but that coming emotionally dependent on somebody else and looking for them to fulfill you is something that everybody can be vulnerable to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you said, you can end up draining the relationship and you can end up, well, in a desperate place. Yeah, it doesn't necessarily have to be between... Um, an adult and a child it can be you know for instance between a pastor and just another lady at the church or you know a therapist and a client once you're aware you can kind of see it and then we can actually do something about it whether that's you know setting down some proper boundaries 
getting a therapist, that sort of thing. And then specifically related to minor attraction, I think it's easy for people who are attracted to children to fall into that same pitfall that is common for everybody, but it takes on a bit different form. If you have plenty of shame and anxiety surrounding your attraction to minors, if you're isolated, all that tension builds up and it starts to be something that you can fixate on with OCD type feelings. And then that's where your emotions can get engaged in a way that's, well, like a, <laughs> like a vortex of, uh, of just that in, intense feeling where maybe you fixate on a particular child and you can feel yourself like as if you're falling in love with that individual. Or maybe it's something more broad where you, you're so appreciating youthfulness and you're watching how kids walk and how they talk and, and like like a typical guy might feel towards the college girls you know when he's on campus or and not realizing you're becoming emotionally enmeshed and you're held in place and it takes on kind of a different look when it's about a minor attraction but it's still that same broad thing of emotional attachment yeah just like any other kind of disease of the body in some ways this is like a disease of a relationship and it has these symptoms that you can get as well like so if there's this exclusive friendship if you're jealous and possessive of a person if you're preoccupied mentally emotionally and you spend time talking to yourself as if you're talking with them you know rehearsing scenarios acting like they're there when they're not finding it difficult to do things without them uh, I always find um, this this one to be something that, that sort of crops up in my life if I notice that I have a friend of mine who I'm leaning on too much. It's like I really miss them. And it gets to a point where uh, I really have to struggle and be like, no, I, I shouldn't be relying on, on, on this friend so much. You know, it's okay to miss them, but you shouldn't be thinking about them, you know, constantly and just waiting for them to come back sort of thing. How do you recognize that like what kind of <laughs> trips you off to know that well that tendency to be close with somebody and develop a tight relationship which is a strength but then it gets a little overused and you realize you're it's becoming something unhelpful like what tips you off to that i don't know like i just sort of do like i think i find myself just rehearsing scenarios you know just thinking to myself hey if i said this then this person might say that and then and just, just like a preoccupation. But for me, actually, it used to be worse because I used to sort of go through friends one at a time exclusively. Now I've got more of a support network, which is good. So I can talk to a whole bunch of different people. But before it was like, I'd have this one friend and it'd be this really intense friendship. And then they would get tired and not want to talk to me later on. And that's fair game because I'm basically you know <laughs> sure latching onto them and sure. draining the blood out of their veins pretty much and it used to be this jealous possessive thing where it was like i love them yeah but at the same time i hate them because they're slightly better than me at this and they've got something that i don't have yeah that was me like 10 years ago that's so important just because well for people attracted to minors building that support system and understanding how to have healthy emotional connections is doubly important yeah yeah to find those adult connections i think you describing this struggle and, and how you've grown 
is very helpful for somebody with minor attraction where it's easy to become introspective and focused internally and that individual probably will need to do extra work to build those healthy relationships like was it hard for you at the start was there milestones it's difficult to say because it's like i didn't even realize i was emotionally dependent until i had already started to get out of it because it is one of these things that clouds your thinking but once you're aware of it you can start to realize hey that's me you know and then you can take steps to do the right thing but yeah it was difficult to build those connections to start off with and i'd still find myself feeling jealous and possessive of people but when that happened i was able to recognize that what i was doing wasn't right and i'd be able to just pray and ask god and sort of be more realistic be like okay lord i really like this person and we're really great friends but lord i know that everyone in the world is sinful and that this person isn't jesus they aren't perfect that they're sinful and that sooner or later they're gonna I'm going to recognize this. And if not, that I'm just going to burn them out and they won't want to talk to me and I'll be left here all by myself again. And I don't want that. I want what's the best way. I want, I want your way, Lord. I don't want to live in these kind of weird possessive relationships. Yeah. You prayed about it. Did you find particular scriptures? I know that scripture you read at the beginning talked about how the man planted by the streams of water, which is the life of the Lord and just that connection with God, his leaves are always green. Probably this one was the most important one, just because it just lays it out so bluntly. But when you look at throughout the New Testament, you see that Jesus actually lives the right way and he has right relationships. He isn't possessive or needy or jealous or bitter or, or anything. Right. He's able to move close to people when they need help and he's able to move away from people. And he, he does this on his terms, he doesn't do this on anyone else's terms. He's not a rescuer in that sense. And he's not a victim who needs everyone to come and be around him. You know, he, yeah. he moves around even when he's like surrounded by crowds who want him to stay in an area, he'll move right to another area because he's a complete person. My struggle when it came to relationships was a little bit different because I tend to be a bit more distant and cold person by nature, I'm not quite as relational as perhaps I think you might be in, and I envy that just because <laughs> the default for me is living in a as a hermit up on a mountain. <laughs> so, but, what, you know, when I was first discovering I was attracted to minors and, and how wretchedly awful that was, like, I had a legitimate monster in this closet of my heart and mind and not know what else to do. I was blessed to grow up in a Christian home, and there was a lot of protective factors that kept me from ever getting real close to any sort of harming a child. And in my mind, I did not want to hurt a child. But at the same time, I found myself being emotionally drawn to kids. Uh, ultimately, what I recognize now as romantic feelings, that's that attention to detail, quiver in your voice faster heartbeat, anticipation, kind of like what you were describing about playing out scenarios, not even sexual in nature, but more relational. And it took me a few years to actually recognize what was going on as those feelings I was having was the romantic aspect, the sexual attraction. Because mm. I wouldn't allow myself to go towards the physical. Like I would work hard to not allow myself to fantasize about physical interactions with children that were sexual 
but I would uh, mm-hmm. just imagine encounters that maybe were relational in nature and not realize I was building a sort of fantasy world that involved the romantic side. Like maybe something typical would be the guy who imagines rescuing that beautiful gal and you have to survive the outdoors, just you and her together. And you have these intimate moments that are still platonic per se in nature, but ultimately are close. And I kind of had a realization, I think, the Lord kind of convicted my heart at one point when I was able to hear it, that those feelings I was having towards kids were romantic in nature. And it was an attachment that was a fantasy world, a castle of my own building. And it was locking me on the inside. I was preferring to be inside that kind of false romance, those feelings toward kids rather than rather than seeing it for what it was and being able to live fully in a world with other adults and to truly see kids as for who they were. Hmm. Little little beings, little humans trying to find their way in the world uh, who are not <laughs> participating in my romantic feelings. So hmm. there was sort of a... Whereas maybe you're describing a way to become emotionally attached to others in an unhealthy way, my unhealthy emotional attachment was very much internal in a world of my creating, but nevertheless had a lot of the same effects. Yeah, it's funny you say that. Eh? I guess it can happen in both ways where you can become like obsessed with someone that you haven't even spoken to. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> and so right. it's, it's that really internalized thing and you're just wanting them to like you, like you just want that platonic relationship, but it sounds fine on the surface of things, but as this starts to continue, eventually it'll get to a point where it becomes uh, like a fixation and it'll become sexualized. Yes. And I mm-hmm. reckon that's how all this stuff starts. So, Yeah, that painful realization came to me where I just recognized, yeah, where it was all leading and like what you said. Yeah. I reckon it's weird because eh? it's uh, at the same time, it's tied into identity in this weird way because it's like you don't feel secure in your own identity i don't feel secure in my identity and so i found myself wanting to lose myself in this other person in that sense Mm, yeah did Mm -hmm. you ever sort of feel that way yes except the other person was a fantasy me being attracted to minors minors were involved in this romance of my creating yeah and that's also been the case with me as well unfortunately yeah it's it's hard to get out of this sort of stuff but you can certainly break free from it. So, like, how has the Lord been working in your life? Well, a big part of it came down to an equation, <laughs> literally. Equation. Even, <laughs> I'm going to tell you, honestly, even on a day-to-day basis, the thing that has helped me most is to say, to know, I would rather honor God with my sexuality and my relationships and have his blessing rather than chase those feelings. It's like I could say no to myself all day long, but it's not very helpful. It's like I needed to say yes to something else. And so in that was kind of a mix of faith where I recognized I need to let that internal world come crashing down. I need to let go of the feel goods that came from even romantic type fantasies that I was engaging in, even if I was telling myself they weren't sexual, but they they were in a romantic side. I had to let that all 
go and and it hurt because I was deriving a lot of positive feelings from that and instead there was that faith that if I let that stuff go God would take that place not just Mm. in a metaphysical sense but something else to look forward to healthy relationships with adults and Mm. then also that faith that hope like that verse said that God would cause me to have greenness life inside of me and I could have looked forward to doing things that I felt good about, making an impact around me that I could feel like I was contributing to this world to let the shame fall down, the isolation dissolve, that he would walk me through that journey. The equation being, if I let go the sandy desert I was clinging to, his stream of living water would replace it with something better. That's such a great thing. I mean, it's like, because you can't, just run on nothing like you can't just be empty because it's like if you let go of these these attachments then you will gravitate towards something else and it could be just as bad like alcoholism like you can you know get super depressed and just drink yourself into non-existence if you really wanted to so i think that's why in the verse it says um when it says cursed is the one who trusts in man who depends on flesh for his strength and whose heart turns away from the lord so it's like it's not just the fact that you have to turn away from this stuff it's like you have to turn your heart towards the lord as well otherwise you're going to have an empty heart with nothing to fill it and you'll you'll find something to fulfill that heart but the only thing that fulfills essentially is is the lord yeah right it's like our relationship with god is is all of our relationships in one sense because god is our lord like he is the one in charge who is sovereign over all things but at the same time he's our father right and at the same time he's our friend and at the same time he's our lover in that sense in that really close yeah sense yeah he makes us healthy enough that we can participate with other people in those relationships in a truly healthy way when he meets those needs and when he is that life water through us so we're not dry and brittle then we can be a friend to somebody else else in some healthy way well where do you see yourself today where where am i today oh man it's it's actually been been kind of a difficult week last night i I did something really stupid and i drank too much oh okay yeah this is like something that i never do like most of my other artificial coping mechanisms involve you know, usually just eating too much chocolate and <laughs> uh, sleeping. And those are pretty okay because they're not as harmful. But last night, I was just feeling the pain of feeling alone, I guess. Sure. So I went out and bought some grog. Okay. Well, it's not like I got, I, I, I didn't get wasted or anything like that. But uh-huh. I was like, yeah, I had too much to drink. And I was like, this, this is a bad thing. So just talking about this now is encouraging to me. It reminds me that I need to turn back towards the Lord and to recognize that I need him because I'm not, I'm not a perfect person. And <laughs> you're you know, human, you right? Trent struggle, Matthews. You're going to get, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I wish I was this divine saint of shining light, but yeah, I'm not. <laughs> uh-huh. And I still have times where I can drift away and I have to come back and I can't believe I just said this on. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I, I don't know, maybe I'm, I'm kind of hoping that some people will be encouraged. Like, you're certainly not alone. <laughs> right. Well, if we're discussing things that need to do something a little different, or, you know, I've been putting off having a 
porn filter on my phone. And I haven't looked at any porn. But I'm kind of a tech nut sometimes. I hate things that slow down devices. And those filters can uh -huh. tend to do that. Um, I'd be a fool if I said it's not a thing that you could have porn like a tap away. And so I need to get on that and get that filter back on this other phone I got. I had it on the old one. Yeah, do it. That's, that's really important. Do it, do it. Next time we think it's not done, <laughs> you're going to find me in my gravel road out I'm in the woods, man. You, forget the FBI or CIA. Yeah. Trent Matthews come knocking on my car door and be like, dude, where's your filter on your phone? <laughs> well, uh, I'd like to just say just a couple of extra things. I, I got some practical things that I wrote down that I'd just like to share. Oh, yes, please. Some of the things we can ask God for is we can ask God to highlight just the games that we play to keep people close to us. And these are kind of the real stuff that we do in conversations, like guilting people, mm. um, threatening people, uh, yeah. putting on an artificial charisma to try and get people's attention, just being like really generous and just giving stuff to people to try and make them like us or having that like cheekiness telling jokes flattery flirtation that kind of thing and or just showing off and showing how how great you are like there are all sorts of games that people play to to get people sucked into their vortex um and just ask god that he would show you which ones that you do and it, it's going to be something that's really subtle chances are it's something that you might just run in run straight into denial like you might be like i don't do that but, you know right then gotta be like well actually you do but you do it in this way instead of that way that you're thinking about <laughs> uh and i mean my one was charisma like i've put on this artificial charismatic charm and um yeah and that's something that i had to work through and i'm still i guess working through that yeah What's just as important is to know what kinds of characteristic traits you're attracted to in other people when you're vulnerable. So, for example, do you feel strongly towards people who are needy because you can jump in and rescue them? You want to be that listening ear and hear them talk about all their troubles so you can be there for them? Are you attracted to gentleness or just like confidence or strength just because that's something that you don't have? Are you attracted to cheekiness or openness mm. or people who are just physically affectionate? And ask yourself why, because chances are there's something there that you never received growing up in your family or something like that, you know? Yeah, something that makes you think because if you're attracted to kids, you can end up having that same slew of stuff going on. Like, you know, certain traits in children are particularly attractive to you and you you know you have those games. It's stuff that typical people might apply to adults. But if you're attracted to kids, you can put that charm on or do all that stuff. In the law enforcement world, that's called grooming. But in terms of something more relatable, it's just fostering dependence. Golly, that can cut deep if you recognize, if you catch yourself putting on that act. You can't trick yourself and say, oh, it's not sexual or it's not inappropriate. It's a fostering emotional dependency. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Because it's like, it's your world. It's like, no, if, if I let go of this, then I'll be left with nothing. Oh. <laughs> it's, it's, right? it's like, have you heard of that analogy of how they catch these monkeys? How it's like they have a jar and they put some food in the jar. So the monkey puts its hand in the jar to grab the food. 
but with a clenched fist it can't take its hand out of the jar so you just walk up to it and just pick it up basically right and it's kind of like that it's like you have to let go <laughs> of the food that's in the jar because it's going to trap you and you're going to have nothing left and it's like ah right. <laughs> but that's not the end of it you know god says that to those who overcome i give the hidden manner right there is something else out there for you so if you're out there listening to this and you need someone to talk to trent and i are available via our email address which is support at christianpedophile.com and then we also have our website you can find other materials there and we'll just be praying for you uh praying that my car battery starts out here in the woods <laughs> and if trent leads the next podcast by all by himself we'll know what happens <laughs> well that's a scary thought all right yeah we'll keep praying and i'll keep praying for you as well michael so all right well, all right see you later guys see you bye